Well, welcome in, and it is here. We have arrived at the best of all months if you're a college basketball fan, the premiere, the ultimate. It is the month of March, and we're glad to be with you on the nation's college basketball show. It is college basketball coast to coast. So glad that you found us, and we're going to be jam-packed, slammed, chalked full of nothing but college hoops over and over and over again all through this month. Coming up, I've got a couple of guests that are going to hang with me to give me some great insight on everything that happened this weekend and looking ahead to this month, at least early on. Tyler Jones will be here in a few moments. Tyler Jones Live is the name of the show and the podcast. There is nobody, and I mean nobody, that's more all over the Big 12 and the basketball than Tyler is. He'll be with me momentarily. Chris Dobertine also here. Uh, from bloggingthebracket.com and the SB Nation family of sites, blogging uh, this 2021 bracket, uh, which, again, is something that he does all throughout the college basketball season. What's the latest? Who are the top seeds? Who are the first few he has out? Who are the first few that he has in? Chris will be with us later on in the show. Quick reminder, no matter how you found us, social media link, et cetera, show streams on TuneIn on the TuneIn mobile app for free. F-R-E-E for free on TuneIn. Search under the channel Tag Sports Group. Tag, T-A-G, Tag Sports Group. Show is there streaming 24-7. No matter when you join the show, it starts back over about the top or the bottom of the hour. It's like the old days in the movies before we had the Netflix or you had any digital capability to back a movie up or pause it or whatever. You sometimes had to go to the theater, and if you join the movie in progress, you just stick around and wait for it to start again, like 20 minutes later and start over and watch it all over again. It's the same thing with the TuneIn channel. College Basketball Coast to Coast is on that channel. Tag Sports Group 24-7 right now as the month of March gets underway and we march towards the conference tournaments, the automatic bids, and the most wild crazy compacted NCAA tournament ever with all of it in Indianapolis coming for the month of March, or at least in greater Indiana, West Lafayette, Bloomington, Indianapolis, all the way through the NCAA tournament. So we've got that for you. Also subscribe via the podcast version of this show. Anytime you want, the new version comes to you on Apple podcast, college basketball, coast to coast on Apple podcast, search for it, subscribe. New one comes out on Apple podcast, so uh, find us there as well. Two ways to find us. All of that out of the way. Let's go to my man, Tyler Jones, who is hanging in the Midwest, trying to thaw out, trying to sort out the Big 12. Who's going to win the conference? How many teams are going to get in? It was supposed to be OVA, O-V-A-H, OVA. It was supposed to be done the regular season. It is not OVA. In fact, it is still to be determined when it will be over for the race that's coming, uh, especially with Baylor trying to lock up the top seed. Tyler is here to keep me in the middle of the road and figure it all out. Happy March to you, Tyler Jones, as you kick things off here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. How are you feeling? TJ, doing well. Always good to chat, my friend. It was about just around this time two years ago that uh, you and I first linked up when you had me on this show. So always good to chat, my friend, as we're in the best month of the year. Oh, there is no doubt. All right. So at the time that we are talking and this episode has debuted now on Monday, the Big 12 still in progress. We'll get to what's going on this week. But all the action that took place on Saturday, again, that was supposed to end the regular season. But because of COVID-19 and all the pauses and all the makeup games, they're going to keep playing this week. Just give me an overall thought on Saturday. We saw the Jayhawks. Are you very, you're very familiar with Kansas, having worked in Kansas radio for the last four or five years. 
They were impressive in a win over Baylor. That denies Baylor the regular season title. We saw Oklahoma State upset Oklahoma in Norman in overtime. We saw Texas Tech get a key win in the Big 12 race and for their tournament hopes with a win over rival Texas at home. Where do you want to begin? I I assume you want to begin with Kansas and what they did with Baylor. Yeah, it was the most impressive win in college basketball this past weekend was Kansas upsetting Baylor there at home on a Saturday night. And, you know, I've watched this Kansas team all season long, and it's been up and down. And one of the things that I've been talking about with some of my coworkers is that, you know, this Kansas team, I'm reminded, I say, well, this isn't a very good Kansas team. They say, well, they're a good team. Like, well, they're not Kansas good. Right. The expectation, as Bill Self likes to say time and time again, uh, faces change, but expectations don't. And the expectation for Kansas every single year is to win the Big 12 conference and to be a final four contender of some sorts. And for most of this season, they have not looked like that at all. And this last stretch, winning six out of their last seven games at first okay, you beat Iowa State twice, you beat K-State once, you wonder, okay, is it fool's gold? How good was it really of the beginning of that stretch? You beat Texas Tech at home. That was a nice win. And then the Texas game, you have that one, you're up by 17 points, and then it's taken from you, the the jaws of victory just just, uh, go away, just like that. And they find themselves uh, losing that game in overtime, a game they should have won. And that Baylor game... I know some people are going to say, well, Baylor was rusty. They haven't been the same team since they came back from the COVID break and such, but the talent's still there with Jared Butler and Vital and Teague and all those guys. Scott Drew's still the head coach of Baylor. Last time I checked, too. <laughs> Heck of a win for KU to get that done against Baylor on Saturday night. And the Big 12, arguably the best conference in the country. You got seven teams that are going to make the tournament. And without question either, usually this time of year, TJ, we're talking about, all right, that seventh, sixth team, you know, they're borderline competing for a 10, 11 seed, 12 seed, whatever, whatever it may be. Oklahoma State's going to be the last Big 12 team in, and they're solidly in the tournament as at least an eight seed, probably a seven seed at this point. Tough basketball action each and every night out of the Big 12 Conference from what we've seen all season long. Uh, Kansas in that game, it was kind of interesting on Saturday night. Not very good from three. They were only three of 16 in the game. They had 14 turnovers, Tyler, for the audience. I know you probably know this, but for the audience, they had 14 turnovers. Baylor only turned it over three times the entire game. But Kansas out-rebounded them 48-28 to on the glass uh, and did a much better job of getting to the line and pulled away uh, and won. All right, so I'm going to kind of morph that into previewing for Baylor. They now play West Virginia at West Virginia on Tuesday. Um, and, and for Baylor, they need a combination of just one win right here uh, or a West Virginia loss. One win on Tuesday, obviously, is a win for them and a West Virginia loss in the same game to lock up the number one seed. But is that maybe a sign, real quick, that Baylor could be in a little two-step trouble here after a loss to Kansas that if West Virginia gets them on Tuesday, now some doubt comes into play, and West Virginia is still very much alive to win the one seed. They're the only team that can catch them. Quick thought on that for Tuesday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for, for Baylor, no question about it. And if you recall, it wasn't too long ago that we were talking about, would you take Gonzaga and Baylor or the field? And at this point, Michigan's look better than, than Baylor, possibly even better than Gonzaga at this point. So if that's the question you're going to ask me, I'll take the field at this point. I mean, 
Uh, this Baylor team is very talented, but they've taken a step back a bit. Now, they have time. They can still get it back together and still get it turned around. They have this week in the Big 12 tournament before they begin the NCAA tournament. There's still plenty of time for this Baylor team, but I think with barely getting by Iowa State and then losing in the fashion that they did against Kansas in a game that you held Kansas from three and you forced all those turnovers and you still got beat down, I think there's very much reason, uh, cause for concern in Waco right now. Voice of Tyler Jones, you hear him all the time uh, with great insight. You find him on the Jones Report on the podcast. Um, Tyler Jones live on social media, uh, does a great job, helps uh, break down the Big 12 for me here on the program. we got a few minutes left with you. And for anybody that's complaining that I'm only talking the Big 12, I promise you, when Chris Daubertine gets here later on in the show and the podcast, we're going to broaden it out and talk the Big 10 and what happened this weekend SEC, Big East, Mountain West, et cetera, et cetera. Stand by for that. But I got my man Tyler here, so I got to talk Big 12 while I have him. Huge win, Oak State at Oklahoma, the Bedlam basketball game, which, again, they played on Saturday, and they're going to play again on Monday night at the time that we're taping. You may already know that result of the rematch in Stillwater. But Cade Cunningham, fantastic freshman, great game, 40-plus point game Saturday. Tyler, thoughts quickly on the Cowboys getting a huge win in Norman. Man, Cade Cunningham is just phenomenal. He's going to be the number one pick of the NBA draft, no question. As an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I would love him to stay right there in that state <laughs> and uh, take his talents just a little bit south to Oklahoma City. But you look at that game Saturday, and I think that you would say Oklahoma was the better team. Oklahoma State just had by far the best player on the court. And I would expect OU to actually turn around and win on Monday night to go into Stillwater and win that. Even game. in You've Stillwater, if I can interject, even on the road as they bounce back 48 hours later, you think they win? I don't Maybe. care about home and away in a pandemic year, in all honesty. All right. Uh, but yes, I, I would expect Oklahoma to, to win that one and split that series because those two teams are so close in talent. Oklahoma State's better than what their scene line is going to indicate as far as a seven or eight seed goes. As far as Oklahoma State, the, you, you guys know how it is. Guards win in March is you know what we we get told by Kenny Smith and all those guys every single year. Especially um, the guards. But, Especially the guards love to say that on the, as the analysts. Yes. 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 But the thing about Oklahoma State, as far as beating them, uh, you know, when it looks when you look at as far as they can go, is that this team doesn't have a whole lot of size, and if. I think if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you don't care about your seed line, actually, when it comes to the tournament. You more so care about who you get matched up with in that first round or that second round matchup. You could be uh, an eight seed, but if you're going up against a small lineup, you're feeling great. If you're a, a six seed, but you're going up against a pretty big squad, then there's cause for concern in Stillwater. So I think that's what Oklahoma State's concerned about is – just what type of matchup they get. The seed line, you could almost just put your hand over. You're looking specifically at who your matchup is uh, as far as it goes to the Oklahoma State squad come March. And Cunningham, again, fantastic. May end up being the Big 12 player of the year as a freshman before it's over. So, again, that's the Monday night game. A uh, few moments left, as I mentioned here, uh, with Tyler Jones. A Texas Tech got the win over Texas Saturday. Big win for Chris Beard's team. It's a home win in Lubbock. Texas now just three and seven 
I believe it is, in their last 10 games. Are we fading – actually, four and six in their last 10 games. Are we fading the Longhorns at the end of the year? I know they got the win over Kansas in overtime, but they didn't play great throughout that game, as you documented. Real quick opinion on Texas. Are we fading them down the stretch? Well, Texas has a top-five roster, but they're not doing anything with it. Uh, I mean, Chuck is smart – Credit for the job he's done recruiting, bringing in that talent, but there's just no excuse for this team not to be better than what they are. Shaka is dragging them down a bit here. So I'm looking at this Texas team. They've been so inconsistent, you know, and and I like what Shaka did at VCU and everything, but to me, he's holding them back. That's why I would look at uh, Texas as far as, uh, you know, their limitations of such. It's not the roster, it's the head coach. Well, they have won some games this season, but now they have some losses, eight and six in the conference. They'll play lowly Iowa State on Tuesday. They're then going to make up that Texas-Oklahoma game that was lost because of the awful uh, situation in Texas where they had uh, the ice storm, the the frozen roadways, no power, et cetera. So they couldn't play that game back a week and a half ago. They're now going to make it up later on in the week. Uh, before we go with you here, uh, I wonder, uh, is it Huggins' West Virginia team? Uh, who is it Kansas coming on? There may be a little Tyler Jones bias. Who's the most dangerous team headed to that tournament and headed to the NCAA tournament right now out of this Big 12 conference? Who would you say is the most dangerous team, Tyler? Man, that's a, a tough question at this point. Uh, I, I think that Baylor is still the most dangerous team. But if you're going to make me pick a second team of sorts right now, uh, I, I would look at Oklahoma, even with the loss that they suffered Saturday. You have uh, you know, two Big 12 all-conference caliber players in Austin Reeves and Brady Maddock, a team that can score a lot of points. And uh, Jack up threes, Lon Kruger, I think, is a, a heck of a coach that doesn't get enough credit I look at that Oklahoma team, but, you know, Kansas, what what they did Saturday with that win against Baylor, with how up and down the season's been, this Kansas team, it it looks like that they're doing just enough to try to buy me back in, only for me to be disappointed here in a few (laughs) weeks when uh, when it matters in uh, the first weekend. But I need to see more from Kansas. Uh, but a Big 12 tournament tile certainly wouldn't hurt. And they will play UTEP in a in a game that is not a makeup Big 12 game, but they basically want to stay busy, right? This will be a Thursday game in the preview mode that Kansas added yes, to the schedule. They got all their bit, games in. Right, right. They got all their games in, so they're looking to stay fresh. All right, so that's Kansas later in the week. We'll watch all of this unfold in the Big 12. Tyler, promote away on where they can find you uh, as they hear us here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. How do they find you? How do they find your show and shows, et cetera? Go ahead. The uh, Jones Report, available each and every week on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler Jones Live, and also doing uh, TV with uh, local news live on a great television. Check out your local great station. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for the time, TJ. Appreciate it, man. We do rock along, and I love this man's insight coming off the weekend blogging, thebracket.com. Again, the SB Nation a family of websites. Chris Dobertine back with me on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Whether you're finding us streaming on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel, podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Chris is in the air everywhere, all over the place. This is his time of the year. Happy March to you, my friend. Good to be with you. Yes, a very happy March. 
very happy March. I can't believe we we made it. I can't believe we made it, and I can't believe we're here this early. Well, and and uh, and we're ready to start talking about this nonstop because now we're inside of two weeks of Selection Sunday, trying to figure it all out. And you were saying to me just before I hit the record button, cannot wait for Tuesday, cannot wait for Wednesday, because a lot's going to shake out here in what is largely the final week of regular season play in some of the leagues. Some of the leagues are already done. But you're you're amped up for what we're going to see in particular Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Tuesday in particular, we have kind of the really weird early evening, late afternoon doubleheader starting on ESPN where we have Baylor and West Virginia. Baylor has not looked great coming off of pause. West Virginia, when I my Tuesday bracket comes out, is going to be a two seed. So that's a big game. And then after that, at 7 o'clock, you have Illinois and Michigan, and considering the fact that you had, you know, Iowa winning at Ohio State on Sunday, you know, and all of these late Big Ten schedule additions coming up between now and, and Sunday, you know, there's still a lot of room on that number one line. I think, you know, Michigan's put themselves in a really great position. They'll be set number two overall. They'll jump Baylor, but, you know, Illinois will be there. Iowa has a shot to be there in Ohio State. You still can't take away what they've done despite that loss on Sunday. Interesting uh, that Ohio State, you talk about rough seven-day periods, the loss to Michigan, the midweek loss at Michigan State, come back home and have Iowa beat them at home. I mean, Ohio State is safely in the tournament, but their resume took a big hit over that seven-day period. Absolutely. And then you kind of think about, You know, we talk about, we've said, you know, Iowa has had this history of having really bad Februaries. Well, they closed February by winning at Ohio State. So, you know, they're in position now where I think they're a little bit better off, you know, in terms of having a case for a number one seed, you know, just based on their net ranking and their computer numbers, more so than Ohio State at this point. But considering what's left this week and you still have the Big Ten tournament coming up next week, there's still a lot to play for, especially if you're not Michigan. So, again, uh, just in the Big Ten standpoint, Illinois at Michigan Tuesday night. That is the 7 Eastern time game. The 8 Eastern time game is Indiana-Michigan State. The 9 Eastern time game is Wisconsin and Purdue. The Indiana-Michigan State game that is sandwiched there in the middle, uh, how much did the loss to Maryland hurt them on Sunday in your eyes, or is this pretty much riding on the two Michigan matchups Get get at least one of them, and you're likely in. How do you view it right now, blogging the bracket, Chris Daubertine? Yeah, that really, I mean, helped out Maryland. You know, while not doing too much damage to Michigan State, I did it, it did knock them out of what's going to be my Tuesday projected field. They're going to be the first team out. But as you said, they have those two games against Michigan, and the way that they've been playing at home, you got to think the Spartans might be able to at least steal that one and then get themselves in good position. And plus, you know, you think about coming, you know, what's coming up in Indianapolis in the Big Ten tournament, you know, they're going to have more opportunities there as well. And you know how Tom Izzo teams always perform in March. Yeah, no question about that. So right now, so that we're clear on this, and again, Chris and I are taping this for release on Monday. We obviously don't know the result of the Indiana game. It's a rematch that Michigan State won in Bloomington back a couple of weeks ago. But at this moment, you have them in. We're not playing in or out with you right now, but you have them in or do you still need to see an impressive win over Michigan to solidify them at least into the first four Michigan State? They're going to have to beat Michigan because that loss on Sunday knocked them out for me for the moment. All right, for the moment. 
work still to do um, on that front. Back to Baylor. Uh, they take the loss to Kansas. Thought on that, please, because we were talking in the last segment before you came on a lot about that game, but I want your thought here on Baylor losing at Kansas before they play West Virginia coming up here. You know, you, you have these COVID pauses, and you saw how Michigan was able to come back and just basically keep on, you know, after a, a really poor first half against Wisconsin, they've gone back to their usual wrecking crew selves. Baylor has not been able to do that. And it was, you know, a really bad sign that they were barely able to get past Iowa State at home. And you kind of think, well, you know, maybe, you know, they're getting the kinks out, you know, a couple more days of practice and they get to Kansas. But, you know, the way Kansas has been playing, we talk about how the Blue Bloods have, Bloods have been struggling this year. And the Jayhawks have really been the exception. They're in a position where, you know, if they win the Big 12 tournament, they can end up being a two seed out of nowhere. So, so you you look at what Baylor has ahead. They had that very difficult game with West Virginia. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech at home, that's that's a really difficult three-game stretch. And, you know, they go one and two there or 0 oh and three, they're going to be in real trouble of dropping down to that two line if and maybe even that three line. Yeah, and, and again, uh, they could just as easily solidify themselves by winning the West Virginia game on yeah. the road. Yeah, but who knows? And that's what that's what makes this time of the year uh, so fantastic. A few more minutes. Chris Daubertine here, bloggingthebracket.com off the SB Nation family of websites. I love his insight. Um, it, it is different right now because you have some conferences that have finished. Their conference tournament is beginning in part or in whole as this week goes on or into this weekend uh, goes on. How much more, I love this question every year, how much more does that mean that committee every year pays more attention to the Power Six, including the Big East, in the, in the Power Five of SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12? They scrutinize it more because there's less games, don't they? I mean, some would argue they scrutinize it more anyway, Chris. But because yeah. there are less games out there, isn't there more scrutiny here at the end for some of these teams at the end of their regular season? And in the Big 12's case, as we were talking in the last segment, they were supposed to already be done. So these are all yeah. makeup games, including Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, West Virginia, as we're saying. And so isn't there more scrutiny from the committee right now this week uh, because there are less games? Do you buy that? Yeah, I think so. Well, then you're going to have the added factor in where you have the Atlantic 10 starting their tournament early, you know, and you've got teams that are wrapping up the regular seasons in that conference on Monday night, and they're going to have to play tournament games on, you know, Thursday and Friday in Richmond. So that's kind of another factor because you kind of think about, especially the cut line picture, you have teams like, say, Bonaventure, VCU, St. Louis, and Richmond, you know, all kind of in that group. We're going to be jockeying for attention with all of these added Big Ten and Big 12 games and SEC games and say out of games over the weekend, you know, and that's going to kind of take the spotlight, I think, off them and, and might hurt their chances a little bit. Voice of Chris Dobertine, are we ready to do it here, Mr. Blogging the Bracket? Let's do this officially. Here we go. Who's in, in. or out, out for the big dance in March? With the understanding that your new bracket and your new in and out is out on Tuesday, for those hearing us on Monday, uh, you're kind of giving us a preview. They can read more of your last four in, um, your your uh, your first four out, and then your next four out on Tuesday on bloggingthebracket.com. But right now, let's play around with some of this. You mentioned St. Louis in that Atlantic 10 tournament, the Billikens. Are they in right now or more work to do? What do you say, Chris? 
they have more work to do, but less work than they needed to do before they beat Richmond on Friday. I think that that win really kind of pushed them a little bit ahead of the Spiders in terms of the pecking order right now. Of course, you know, they're one of those teams that really got hit hard by COVID and having to take so many pauses. But they have, you know, a win over St. Bonaventure at home, a nice win over LSU and a nice win over Richmond, but they're going to have to do some work, you know, away from home in the Atlantic 10 tournament because they're only one in four in road games this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers, bad loss at home to Northwestern, followed up by another bad loss to Nebraska. Uh, as of last week, you had them safely in. Are they in the final uh, last four in? Are they all the way out as you're debuting on Tuesday? Give us a peek. Give us a preview. Minnesota Gophers. They are a long, They are out, and they have a long way to go because they're 0-9 on the road. And, and it, really, you think about it, this is a year – where road games aren't like your typical road games, because in most places, in some places, you don't have a crowd at all. The other places you have, you know, very little crowd. Yeah, you're dealing with, you know, different baskets, different balls potentially. But to go 0-9 on the road this year, that's, yeah, that, that's just not going to do it, even if you have two wins against the net top five. They, they really have a lot of work to do between now and Indianapolis. The word I often use is unforgivable. In these circumstances, if you're in a subjective process and that committee's looking at you, they're going to look at 0 and 9 on the road and say unforgivable. You got to have w- at least beaten somebody, right? If, yeah. uh, if that's what it comes to. Stanford took a bad loss to Washington State. On Friday, you had them last four in. I would assume that now you have them outside looking in as the Pac 12 wraps up this week before they play their tournament. What about the Stanford Cardinal in or out? And you are indeed right. I have Stanford out. I think the big question for them is when does Oscar De Silva come back? Um, of course, the thing with the committee is they don't treat injuries in terms of selection. They treat it in terms of seating. So even when he does come back, they're going to have to start winning, you know, a couple of games, you know, before they can get themselves in position to maybe get a seed boost with his return. Very interesting. Uh, I am looking, too, because we do our best to cover uh, as much of the country as we can. No no West Coast uh, you know, left out, no East Coast bias here. In the Mountain <laughs> West, you have San Diego State, Colorado State, Utah State in, and you're putting Utah State in as the auto-bid team. Therefore, Boise State, you have in jeopardy here. I know they took the two losses to San Diego State on the weekend. You do not have Boise State in the tournament right now, and how far out on the in and out? Well, a, a little bit different because of what happened this weekend. San Diego State now has really kind of solidified themselves as a lock. Boise State, because of the wins they have, you know, they, they, they've beaten BYU on the road. They've beaten Colorado State. They've beaten Utah State twice. They're still there. Um, you know, San Diego State has the auto bid. Now, Colorado State has jumped back, will jump back in because they've won at San Diego State. They've won at Utah State, even though they split both those series and they split with Boise State. And Utah State is the team that's kind of, you know, on that fringe right now of being on the outside. You know, they were able to take care of Nevada, a team that, you know, has given, you know, gave Boise State, you know, real, you know, trouble earlier this year and sweeping them. So, so boy, so Utah State, the team that's kind of, you know, in danger at this point of the, of the four Mountain West clubs. That's the voice of Chris Dobertine. Just a couple of moments left on this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. Again, check him out, bloggingthebracket.com. The new bracket, his latest release is out Tuesday around lunchtime, all subject to change over the next few days. How's, how soon are you going to go to, like, daily bracket releases? How soon will that be? Once we get to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday noontime, and then 
you know, the first couple of days, there won't be quite so many changes since it'll be mostly focused on, you know, mid-major conferences. But then when we get, you know, to Wednesday of next week, that's when things really start to build to a boil. Well, and uh, I'm curious about two teams. We were talking about Michigan State. Kentucky obviously took the loss to Florida. It doesn't look like they're going to get anywhere near 500. They only got one regular season game left. They basically have to win the tournament. Duke, I'm very curious. The Louisville loss damages them in a lot of people's eyes. Do you have Duke right now still on the fringe, first four? Where do you have Duke with work left to do for Coach K? Yeah, I have Duke kind of in that same position as Michigan State is right now, just outside of the field. You know, they have a very nice win over Virginia. They have, a you know, that wins over Clemson, Georgia Tech, who's putting themselves in good position. But they really did not need to lose that game to Louisville just from a tiebreaker perspective. You know, the three and four on the road, you know, a little, you know, a lot better, obviously, than a team like Minnesota. But they're going to have to do a lot. Uh, I think still have to do a lot of work. You know, North Carolina, the road game coming up on Saturday is going to be big for them. And they're probably going to have to win a couple in the ACC tournament. And Georgia Tech may be finding their way in after they've gotten a couple of big wins late. And if they get another win over Duke, that could help them as well. Louisville, Virginia Tech on Wednesday night will be interesting, uh, along with a few other games uh, that are coming up. Again, track it all, bloggingthebracket.com. We cannot plug that enough for Chris Dobertine and the great job uh, that he does. And don't don't send the hate his way just because it's out on Tuesday because it's going to change again Wednesday and Thursday. We get it, right, Chris? I mean, it's this is the tournament. This is the nature of the very thing. Real quick, as we wrap it up, right? Yep. That you know, you and remember that it's not just what you what your favorite team does and what ha- it's what happens around them as well. Yeah, sure. You know, there are so many moving parts at this time of year. You know, especially with all the added factors we have to consider you know, in this most unique of seasons. No doubt. Win your games. That's the most important thing. It's not just me saying that or Chris saying that. A committee says that. Chris, thank you. Great stuff. I appreciate it. Good luck with bloggingthebracket.com. We'll bother you again as March rolls on. Thank you, sir. Thank you, TJ. My thanks also to Tyler Jones. You find him as well with the Jones Report and Tyler Jones Live. Follow Chris Daubertine at Blogging the Bracket uh, on social media and Chris Daubertine, B-O-B-B-E-R-T-E-A-N, bloggingthebracket.com. We're done for now. Again, the show streams on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel, College Basketball Coast to Coast, also on podcast form on Apple Podcasts. For now, we're done. As March rolls on, we'll be here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Bye.